Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from Expedition Bigfoot. You're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria! Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You found the Paranomaly Zone, your place for all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg. I'm responsible for these shenanigans, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the teetotalering Mike Carbno. Totalering. The teetotalering Mike <laughs> Carbno. Um, yeah, you're sipping That's away. That's enough of that. <laughs> you're <laughs> sipping away on your tea as we speak. Yes, I'm getting to really enjoy this uh, citrus-flavored green tea. Yes, I'm happy for you as he takes another swig. Yep. Yes, I'm it's six a- years sobriety. Oh, really? Sober now. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> very good. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for yeah. you. Yeah. So I apologize. I just got a I got a notification on my computer right there. So if you heard that little ding. I apologize for that. So. I did not hear anything oh, on my end. Well, maybe I just heard it on my end. So I wasn't uh, listening for a ding, though. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. Well, how you doing, Mike? Um, I, I, it's been a long time. It's been since last night since we've yes. seen each other <laughs> via the yes, Since we failed. We were failures at our three-episode uh, evening, day and night. I felt terrible. Yeah. I, Otherwise, we wouldn't have been done till like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I, I would have... There would have been no... Uh, usable content. None. None whatsoever. But we did manage to get an hour and a half Patreon video episode recorded. A very good one, I might add. A very good one. A very entertaining. Uh, it was a, man, it was a conglomeration of all sorts of different things yeah. in that video episode, man. It was pretty darn fun. Um, creepy-ass clown. Creepy-ass clown. Um, old, crinkle. Old men jokes. Uh, Tom Jones dancing videos. Yes. Uh, and, of course, uh, we had we did some uh, reaction takes on some pretty cool, creepy paranormal footage out there. Um, and some awesome spirit box sessions that, uh, I don't yeah. know, did they reveal any cool answers to you, Mike? I will leave that up to the future listeners to check out for themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty darn cool, the, man. I'll get the plug out of the way right away. Yeah, and if since you, it's a, it was a video one, which is exciting, the watchers can see all watchers, about it. The watchers. I hate it when you use that. Though, I know it that. It's creepy. It's like, it's like you standing in your backyard by the house yeah. looking at the edge of the forest yeah. in the, at the <laughs> just, end of your yard. Yep, just sitting there staring. I'm just looking at all of a sudden these little eyes start glowing looking back at me. So, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that. Yeah. So, mm. But yeah, uh, man, if you enjoy the podcast, if you're listening to us right now and you're subscribed and you uh, you like what you've heard, I, I'm telling you straight up, you will love the Patreon page content. It's just, uh, we're up to over 170 exclusive posts on there and we got some great video content to go along with exclusive audio episodes. 
Stuff you can't find anywhere else. Stuff only our awesome patron pals can find and listen to. Uh, you could, too, for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, highly encourage you to go check it out. So um, I'll just leave it at that. So Yeah. And those that that, uh, that start up for, oh, I would say, um, oh, $250,000. Oh, geez. I will come to their house and clean it once a week. <laughs> for the rest of <laughs> eternity. Mike yes. will somehow do that uh, in his yes. in his current physical existence, and when he yeah. passes away, he'll you come will back. watch me as I lay on your couch with a duster, moving it slowly along the coffee table. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll he'll bring in a bunch of remote controlled cleaning items, or yeah, might just... a Roomba. I got a Roomba. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll get another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let give Mike some room. He's about ready to. About ready yes. to lay down some house cleaning. So yeah, um, yep. I will put uh, sticky pads all over my body and roll from one end know. of the I don't know if you tile did. floor to the next. In your current condition, you couldn't roll. I don't think well, you could. Probably so. not. Yeah, I so. can do a half roll. I can. There you go. That works. Yes, and I can make a snowman on your floor and pick up dust. <laughs> For, <laughs> I mean, that's worth the price of admission right there. I mean, just the, yes. just the humorous visual of Mike rolling around on your floor covered in sticky and, pads. And if you do $300,000, I will do it in a sexy maid outfit. Okay, now, no, no, no. I'd pay them 300000 <laughs> to not have you do that. So, uh, okay. Yeah, going a, little, well, going a little too far there, Mike. Going a little too yeah. far. So and you're getting wacky on that crazy tea that you're sipping on. So. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Calm down. So, yeah, we got a good one lined up tonight, though. I, I have a feeling where our brains are going to hurt a little bit, but in a good way. Um, sure. As we mentioned earlier, we had a whole we had the whole week planned out. I mean, by mo- last Monday, we had all this planned out. We had the topic planned out. We had uh, the Patreon episode planned out. We obviously we had our awesome interview with the guys from Expedition Bigfoot lined up. Uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, we highly encourage you to go check that out. Or well awesome. worth listening to. Man, Bryce and Ronnie were and so freaking cool. Yeah, you can watch the video of our chat with Bryce and Ronnie from Expedition Bigfoot on our Patreon page. Man, such cool guys. That was a great conversation. Yeah, and uh, many of you might recognize Bryce from uh, a, a large number of TV show appearances yes. that he's done. Absolutely. A plethora of television a programs. Plethora. So Would you say that I have a plethora of piñatas? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, El Guapo. You have a, pin, uh, a plethora. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, uh, El Guapo. <laughs> three amigos, man alive. Um, what, where are we going? Oh yeah, <laughs> the topic <laughs> for tonight. Topic for tonight. Uh, we're essentially going to just riff it, and uh, we don't know where it's going to go. Hopefully, it's going to end up pretty entertaining and maybe. Yeah fairly informative i'm not sure about the informative part we do this at times and i think they work out pretty good usually sometimes sometimes maybe not um we shall see fingers crossed uh i have high hopes mike i'm going i'm going to rely on you a hell of a lot tonight because uh, again your tea totaling mind is clear (laughs) it is concise that's tough to say, by the way. So try and say that five times fast, anyways. What clear and concise? No, T total ring. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just a little. It's kind of. Tough. I hope you're not thinking that's a real word. No, what's my word? I'm going to. Well, what's wrong with tooken and botten and? No, 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 no. And, we're not going there again. We're not going. Well, there if you again. can say T totalitarian, whatever you're saying. No, not totalitarian. Anything like that. No, 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 no. Because obviously, you you're practicing. 
you you are a new practicer of or practice practitioner of the tea totalers <laughs> totaler uh <laughs> likes <laughs> and um so thus doing such you are tea totalering see what i'm saying i got it yeah okay, yeah mike's just shaking his head at me <laughs> Anyways, I know so it's anyway, not a word. Yes. I know it's not a word, but I don't care because Mike's gonna okay. Mike's gonna throw cooking the, isn't a word, and I don't give a shit. I know. I was just gonna I don't give a shit. Cooking <laughs> and botting just oh god, I just oh, I just crippled myself saying that. So you know what I did last weekend, Patrick? I have taken myself to a restaurant and and uh, treated to myself to a well botten meal. All right, that's all we got tonight, folks. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Yep. I'm I'm gonna go to bed. I don't know. No. Uh, anyway, alien interaction, Mike, and yeah. something known as the zoo hypothesis, um, which I find fascinating. Oh, it is very and have for a long time. Absolutely, it's it, it's it's definitely a it's it's something. It's definitely something that can cause you to scratch your head for sure. Uh, sure, there's you know, things that go uh, towards making it uh, a possibility, and there are things that make it. Where it will never work. Absolutely. So, so, I think uh, we have decided to utilize the the zoo hypothesis as the subject for our one last take segment. So that's going to be good. We're going to right at the end of the at the end of our brief discussion of the zoo hypothesis, Mike. We're going to say either yay or nay as to how we feel mm-hmm. about this being a legit real thing. I mean, obviously the hypothesis is real, but as whether or not right. its content is legit, right? Real. But as far as alien interaction, Mike, that go that covers mm. such a huge, broad spectrum. It does. When I threw that idea out towards you, uh, shit, what, two hours ago maybe? <laughs> What's the first thing that popped into your brain when you think of, when you see the phrase alien interaction? No jokes. No joking, Mike. <laughs> no jokes. Well, alien interaction is, uh, um, I believe, when... Aliens have interacted. Wow, he's he's not my co-host with the ghost for nothing, folks. Man alive, what a brilliant take. Well, and you said no jokes, but you know what else is there to say about it? It's interacting with aliens. I mean, you know, uh, but as an example, I'm sure you were thinking of give me an example. Um, uh, Well, it's like uh, you know where alien abductions uh, go to as far as uh, somebody being abducted and say they're brought up on the ship you hear you hear of stories you read stories of somebody that is showing uh, uh um like video almost of the earth in the future where it's burning and things like that it's like uh um uh that's an interaction where it's giving somebody information or possible information uh, about the future of the planet if we don't of where you know, we're straighten he- things up or of whatever. where we're headed if we don't fix um, ourselves basically that's like a very distinct interaction where uh you know something is given to the interactee sure i mean know, it's um, a, obviously it's like a whether it's information or or uh, um a chip for tracking whatever sure <laughs> you know well yeah i mean it's a, a warning is that's an obvious sign of interaction i mean how else could you take mm-hmm. that i mean they're trying to help us right. uh, i'd like to think that's the majority of the alien species out there i'd like to think that's their 
That's their uh, modus operandi. That's what they're trying to do for the most part, instead of trying to blow up the earth. <laughs> I believe know? there are some, and there are some that aren't so yeah. Yeah. benign. If the, um, um, if the universe is infinite, Mike, um, it's pretty silly and ignorant to think that there's only one uh, type of alien species out there or even one which breed. Would be us. <laughs> yeah, or one uh, or just one, I guess, attitude, you know, over overwhelming, over, all encompassing yeah. alien attitude, so to speak. You know, it's th- that's ridiculous to think that. So, right. Well, there are many people that, that do have that belief that we are the only ones I know in existence. I mean, yes, this entire universe and galaxy and everything beyond it was was is here just for us yeah i mean come even on. though we can't use most of it <laughs> almost all of it mm-hmm. yep <laughs> we have no idea what all of it is and I mean, what and what we do use we abuse and we use mm-hmm. up and then before we know it we're like whoops <laughs> uh, yeah. where did all that crap go that we used to like and it's like, a great big whoopsie yeah what giant whoopsie that's for sure but well, it's definitely, a, like I said, it's a head-scratcher, Mike. Um, we've talked about, in, in, in the past, in our, as our former selves, as the Alternate Realm Podcast, we've covered alien uh, topics several times in all capacities. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about alien interaction. But again, you know, it's, it's a new start as a paranomaly zone. Um, it's definitely not a new start as far as our takes go. Uh, I mean... We've been we pretty much stick to uh, our guns when it comes to our beliefs to all things unknown, odd, and mysterious. That's for sure. I'm just going to start throwing stuff out there, crazy as it may be to some. The idea of aliens breeding with humans Mm -hmm. does that something? Is that something, Mike, that you buy into? Absolutely. That's uh, oh, you okay for certain that you do. That's something you almost reacted I, like that. Well, that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to me, it is, and and it's not like there. Uh, I mean, I think there are species, and you know, this go for, goes from research and reading that I've done. You know, whether it's all true or you know or not, um, I have read stories of where there are species that have or actually have. Um, sexual contact as a breeding or just, you know, like the whole artificial insemination. Yeah. Right. I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's the majority of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where there's mm-hmm. a, uh, a woman that's impregnated and like three months later or whatever, they're abducted again and they wake up the next morning and there's no baby, you know, that's, yeah. you know, that's a huge interaction and, you know, oh God! Yes, my God! And then, then the interaction goes after that. As far as these women are abducted again and are um, introduced to the baby, which does not look totally human, but it, you know, uh, obviously um, interbred with the alien species, and the mothers are made to hold the child and interact with the child in a way that the aliens cannot, as far as um, nurturing and mm. that feeling of, of love and compassion and everything that right. might not be with uh, be what's capable of the alien species. You know, and that's something that does, you know, that goes both ways when it comes to bo- either male or female, because there's 
however many thousands of accounts out there of males being abducted, human males, Mike, and being, right. for lack of a better term, forced to mate or slash breed yeah. with Or an having alien. electrodes attached to their, their, their penile yeah. groin area, which induces an ejaculation. Penile <laughs> groin area. Okay. <laughs> So just just anywhere in, the, anywhere in the general vicinity, yes. you know, in the area down there. Yes. And yes, it's penile. And and while the this is going on, there are aliens sitting at the next table playing penile luckle. Penile, oh, penile. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. See, kind see. Of, you, kind you, of pushing it there. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and they just keep glancing over once in a while. Oh, he's done. <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, don't know, forget to swab off the electrodes. Gross. Um, <laughs> there, alcohol you know, wipes it, in the drawer. <laughs> there, um, I have a vivid memory of, and I, we may have shared it on an old episode of the Ultra Rail Podcast, Mike, uh, audio recordings of a man under hypnosis. Yes. When he's talking about his, his sexual encounter after being mm-hmm. abducted and brought up on the uh, alien craft. And he's terrified, Mike. It's not yeah. like the, he's having a good oh, time. Oh, it's not a, no, it's not a good time, I'm sure. Um, it's, it's, yeah, we're not going to no, go into that. It's rape but, in any sense uh, of no, the word. Very much so. Very much yeah. so. Um, just, just for, in the least sense, out of just not knowing what the hell is going on, and you're terrified beyond capacity because of that fact right there. It's like you're essentially paralyzed, surrounded by who knows what. Something that looks like an octopus on legs. Good Lord. I know it's <laughs> no, it's, it's, ter- it's, it's, it's traumatic and, and terrifying. So again, it goes both ways here. It's not, you know, not just essentially all female. It's not just essentially all male. It's both. And when you think about it, that makes sense because they need both. Um, right. Well, that's a. Again, you reacted, Mike. Like, yeah, absolutely. I totally buy into that. You know, and I am absolutely open to that possibility as well. You know, that segues into the idea of if this has been happening, how long has it been happening? Has it that's, been? Uh, has it been yeah, going on a, since the dawn of of time, as far as the Earth goes? You know, as far as you know, the human race existing there, even before we evolved into human race. Did aliens exactly. play a role in human evolution? Mike, um, let's hurt our brains a little bit right now. Let's dive into that a little bit. Well, you know, I have gone through different periods of, 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 of beliefs and getting to where I am now. And I've been developing along the way and, picking and choosing what fits for me and what makes sense to me. Um, to me, evolution started with, with this. I mean, I've, I've always believed that aliens have been here since the beginning of time. It's like they were here before us, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Gotcha. And uh, um, it started with the earliest hominid creatures where they have had um uh, a hand in uh, DNA manipulation and uh, um, genetics and everything and uh, um, evolution in, in general. I mean, so can, you know, and this, this puts me in a spot where, you know, 
where do I sit religion wise or scientific wise or in the middle where it's just really bizarre, but I'm not the only one that feels this way. No, of course. You no, know, there's, it's a huge, I don't know if you want to call it a following or it's a, it's a belief. I mean, and I can't prove it. I can't say that this is definitive of, of this is what is, has happened, but in my opinion, it makes sense to me it, since the beginning of time. And that's what evolution is. It fits for is you. The, yeah. That's what evolution has always been. The, the manip- manipulation of DNA and genetics and, um, you know, however you want to call it as far as interbreeding or whatever. So in, in a sense, in a sense to you, aliens are God in a sense, as they have, mm. according to no, what that, you've talked about right there. That um, gets very, very, very deep. And uh, yes, it does. Yes, it um, does. You know. Well, as far as you know, I'm, we're just limited to to our our human minds here, our human development right. on, on this small planet called Earth. We're just I've lim- always said, yeah, exactly. We're limiting limiting it to to Earth here. Right. So as far as how us, you know, we little humans go, as far as that, our minds go, as far as how huge of a struggle it has been for us to try and find meaning as to why we are here right. in the first place, is it? Is it because of this God? Did we create the idea, the concept of God just to make us feel better about ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, or is it legit? Is God as an entity legit? And if so, is it these alien creatures mm-hmm. in regards to just the development of humans on Earth here, Mike? Yeah. So technically, what how I'm interpreting what you're saying there is you you are suggesting as far as humans go, human development go, aliens are our God. You know, I, I, I've had that, I always had that thought in my my mind, but it uh, it's very difficult for me to make that, that final leap to that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, religion is instilled in us from birth. It and, can be for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I have gotten so far away from religion. Um, like I've said before, you know, listeners, everything, I have no religion. I haven't belonged to any religion. I claim no religion. I'm not in any, any record books of any religion. And you're not just bashing am, any religion. And I'm not bashing any religion, mm-hmm. any religion, no matter who they worship or what they worship or whatever. But um, it's just, uh, you know, I know there's a God. I just don't know exactly what God is. And I'm, and I still have yet to make that final jump, even though I might've already gotten halfway jumped across the, the ditch kind of, sure. but you can say, you know, <laughs> right. I know, but uh <laughs> That's a hard thing to admit to or to to make that final it is. leap. I mean, it is for me. I'm sure that many people have, you know, easily made that jump. And is it kind of is it is is it scary, Mike, to make that leap? Is it safe to say it's kind of scary uh, or is it intimidating? Maybe that's a better word. Intimidating. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's or is it it's just uh, too difficult? It's just too difficult. Yeah, it's 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 just uh it is difficult, but but I, I know where I will end up when this is all over as far as where I 
my decision and my where I land when I make that leap. So yeah, and the first thing that my first thing that Mike <laughs> hears where he's going is Dude, run! Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. why Brian Hornoy would be down there. Yeah, but... <laughs> Hornoy. We gotta find out exactly how that's pronounced. <laughs> I love saying Hornoy though. I know it's not how it's pronounced. I know it isn't, so but... Yeah, but hey, it works for us. <laughs> hey, if you're listening out there, Brian H, I'd love to talk to you. We'd love to talk to you on the podcast. That'd be awesome. Get an update on Brian Hornoy's status from the yeah, let us know how you pronounce your name. We don't want to keep butchering it. <laughs> I know what I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Anyways, not like we're making fun of him at all. No, 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 no. No, it's not like he ever said anything like, uh, Dude, run! no, he never did that. <laughs> He'll never live that down. No, I'm sure. I know. I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. I'm probably adding to his misery on that one. So I apologize. So yeah. Yeah. Open invite to Brian. Brian H. Yes. That's what, that's what we'll say from the original ghost hunters cast. Anyways, we, we we're, we're going, going astray here, Mike, just a wee bit. So, <clears throat> <clears throat> I know we've talked about this a hundred times, Mike. I know we have, but let's talk mm-hmm. about it again briefly. Along the same lines of evolution and aliens uh, kind of manipulating human evolution. Now let's put another twist on it. Your thoughts on the idea, they're still interacting, obviously. They're involved in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the idea, this may be going a little bit away from what we're talking about, but maybe not. The idea that the classic gray image that we see, the classic gray alien as described by several abductees is, in fact, and you know where I'm going with this, I'm sure, mm-hmm. future versions of ourselves, future versions yeah. of human beings. Yeah, you, that you is look a at, theory. You look at the evolution as how it goes, you know, the enlarged cranial capacity, the enlarged eyes, the smaller nose, the smaller mouth, stuff that you don't necessarily maybe According to the certain theories, you don't necessarily need those two senses quite as much as you need uh, capacity, your enlarged capacity for thinking and thought. Um, what do you think, Mike? I mean, well, it's it's really tough to wrap your brain around that one because then it's, then you go like, well, if they're involved with the beginning of the human race, how the hell can they also be the future? of the human race and how can we be aware of them now in the they middle they would have to be time in the travelers of the human race there dimensional you go. or time travelers yeah because um if they are us in the future maybe they they have evolved or have been evolved um through what is needed for them to survive um in in the the shape and capacity and structure that they are mm-hmm. in that future time Mm -hmm. Um, and during that evolution to where they are now, or when they come back to see us, um, they have lost their ability to, uh, procreate or, you know, um, anything like that. So they have to come back, fight off diseases that they have. Yeah, exactly. Anything like that could have changed. So they Mm -hmm. have to come back, abduct us and, um, probe whatever out of our buttholes that makes them <laughs> that they can bring back with them yeah mm-hmm. you know to make their us as a species survive at that time in that in the future or in that dimension you know what what is it with the probing buttholes by the way i mean isn't there any I other place they can that... probe I mean, there's gotta be, we have other orifices i mean <laughs> yeah. uh, right, we stick this in you just 
thing in your eye. Yeah, right. Why not? I mean, yeah, do they care? I'm sure they have numbing agents. <laughs> <laughs> numbing agents. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> okay, they got you uh, in a a prone position with your butt up in the air and all of a sudden you hear all right you're going to feel a slight prick <laughs> right exactly. in a moment in a moment you're going to feel a little bit of pressure what yes pressure? and then we will we will give about five minutes for that to work and then we shall begin the procedure <laughs> we shall proceed <laughs> yeah oh, man hey that's food for thought man it's like come on they, <laughs> what? why why yeah. yeah find some other important material in other places of the body but hey i digress I digress. Well, I have heard stories or read stories where uh, somebody's on a table and they're being, you know, some procedures being done on them and they'll start screaming out in pain of what's being done and uh, like needles or whatever that's being put into them. And as soon as they start screaming out in pain, one of the aliens will like have this thing that will pass over their head or or whatever, and the pain will just disappear, and they won't feel any pain anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard stuff like that too. Is, is yeah, but I've also heard it's not necessarily like a, a an object that they utilize. Right. It's almost well, sometimes their hand, just over their it. hand, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that suggests an unbelievable telepathic type skill, wouldn't oh, it, Mike? Absolutely. I mean, well, um, a telepathic um, skill that affects you physically. Right. Man, that kind of just that hurt my brain just thinking about that right now. But again, <laughs> that would have to do of. I have to relate to perhaps a million years of uh, your brain evolving to that ability. I mean, oh sure, people nowadays. I mean, how many thousands of years of s- certain humans claim to have had that ability, Mike? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not that far fetched. It really isn't. Um, shit, I've done stuff like that in the past. I t- I've done I with my fiance Bridget. We don't know. Maybe it's purely psychological. When you think that something is it, helping, that it, it does that happen. Help. Yeah. Or she sits there like she she will have a headache or something. And I, and I will, this is no joke. I'm sure I talked about this before in older episodes mm-hmm. where, you know, I would just basically kind of place my hands on her, my fingertips on mm-hmm. her head, you know, and I would feel like my, I would try and focus and send like, I know it sounds cheesy, feel like an energy bolt or whatever, mm-hmm. sending through, starting in my spine, the base of my spine, going through my neck, yep. all through my hands. I'd feel like my hands kind of tingling. And then, no joke, more often than not, her headache would dissipate a bit. Not go away totally, but it would feel better. Is it just purely psychological because she thinks something's happening, so therefore she does it to herself, or is there something else? I don't know. I I do the same thing with patients. Like, you know, well, I, of course, every every time I know that I'm going to be seeing a patient for the last time when they're that close to being, to dying, um, I put my hand on their head. But when they're, there are patients that are, um, agitated or upset or, or, uh, um, depressed or whatever, I'll put my hand on their head and I'll put my thumb like just between their eyes, like between their eyebrows. And at times I will have that pressure that I feel, but I take that from just my forehead out. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's that, you know, and, uh, um, and it, it, it works. It does work. So again, you know, think of, Five million years in the future, if they're future versions of us and future versions of our brain and future versions of our mm-hmm. telepathic and empathic abilities, what have you, imagine what how powerful they could be compared to what they are now. Yeah. Well, look, think of uh, a early, early man that had no language. 
say even us, if we went back in time and confronted them and we spoke our language or English to them, that would be alien to them. Oh, 100%. You know, uh, it's just as time goes on in evolution with the uh, abilities of speech or language you know, that's um, kinda, or that's, whatever. It's kind of related to our one last take, the zoo hypothesis. You know, you can kind of mm-hmm. look at it like that as well. So right. I'm looking forward to diving in into that one. Now, another idea of Mike about alien interaction, about aliens walking among us right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Let's say that they aren't, that this these particular ones we're talking about aren't here for breeding purposes. Let's try and think about why they would be here. Why are they? Th- why are they here? Why would they be? I guess incognito, uh, for lack of a better term. Why would they be undercover, uh, and literally interacting with us under the guide as being humans themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, uh, Bill and Hillary—they're actually uh, um, uh, reptilians, and right. they wear rubber skin. I forgot about that one. As humans, that is that's <laughs> yeah. that, you heard it here first, folks, on the Paranomaly Zone. So you no, know, you would have heard it first or read it first in the Weekly World the News. Weekly, yes, exactly, exactly. And we've but, talked, yeah. we've talked about that several times. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Same with George Bush's invisible security guards. So absolutely, yeah. But you know that. Uh, um, it could be for scientific reasons for their species. It could be observation. It could sure. be that, yep, um, that, keeping that. track of what uh, what their progress is on a close basis, you know, face-to-face basis. That's a great point, Mike. Yeah, they're, an eyewitness, you know, or, you know, kind of sure. the, li- the liaison between, you know, such and such, you know, they're, they're the communication link, you know, like, well, I was, mm-hmm. we, you know, I was here today, and this is what these humans were talking about. Now they're developing this thing, or trying to develop this thing called an atomic bomb, mm-hmm. um, a hydrogen bomb. Uh, and this is where we're going from there. I totally get that one. Yeah, you know, that was highly suggested, strongly suggested in the last season of American Horror Story, for crying out loud. Really? That, uh, you know, uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank here. Truman and Eisenhower were all involved. Oh, sure. And, uh, well, that is a theory too, or a story that might be true. Yeah, yeah. So it's whether well, or not, yeah, not necessarily about the hydrogen bomb, but about um, after Roswell when it came to yeah. Um, well, the deal that was made with the aliens between them and uh, the aliens that uh, in exchange for certain technology, yep, um, they exactly. are allowed to uh, abduct so many humans a year or something like that. You know, yeah, kind of a, a symbiotic relationship. Exactly, kind of, yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. helping each other out. It's like, we'll give you this technology that says we bit of stuff that we are, you know, we're eons ahead of you anyway, so we'll give you this. It could be ancient, old technology to them, but to exactly. us, it's, you know, it's bright, shiny, and new, and we blow ourselves yeah. up with it. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. ah, yay. Yay, humans. Yay, humans. So, mm. but, yeah. um yeah, the idea of, the, you know, aliens walking around amongst us right now, it is, it's kind of eerie. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind but of, it's. I think it's absolutely, in my opinion, it's a- absolutely real, and it just, you know, it has to be happening. Do you think that even the the almighty cell phone technology could have been suggested to us, helped out, or alien technology and alien intelligence could have helped us out with our wonderful little devices that we hold in our hands on an everyday basis? I mean, who's to say that? Well, we got that from. We got that from the original Star Trek series. 
Oh yeah, that's right. What, what were you saying earlier? Like, what were you saying earlier about? Um, <laughs> oh no, you were talking about the the um, the relationship between an old Star Trek theme and the the zoo hypothesis, right? You were talking about that before. Oh, that, yeah, that was about the zoo hypothesis. Okay, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to bring it up then because we'll bring it up on <laughs> yeah. one last take. So my bad. Um, sorry about that. Do you know that uh, before Velcro was actually used? In the commercial world, um, the uh, uniforms of the original Star Trek crew, that's how they uh, attached their phasers to their uniform, was by Velcro. By Velcro. Oh, Real Velcro, yeah. Very nice. Wow. Early Velcro usage. Are you saying that Velcro is alien, uh, alien technology? Hey, it could be. It could be. And, uh-huh. you know, if nothing else, the uh, some of the components in some of our things like cell phones and mm-hmm. uh, other right. high tech right. devices could be uh, um, of alien technology, you know, little cells and little uh, um, electrodes or whatever. Is it, is it too bizarre, Mike? And, and perhaps even too simplistic on the other end of the spectrum to suggest that humans understanding and learning how to create and utilize the power of fire. I mean, is that mm-hmm. something that could have been shown to us, you know, <laughs> forever ago by alien intelligence? I mean, well, is um, that a little too simplistic or is that something to. No, it's not simplistic because there was a time before fire, there's a time before, uh, you know, cooking meat yeah oh yeah you know right did they did they uh, uh discover fire by um uh by a lightning strike one time mm-hmm. and they went to um investigate this and they they did deduced what could be used it could be used for and that that's the power of thought right there that, that right that's some pretty amazing in- um, intellect you know uh, uh how did they figure out well let's see maybe this meat would be more tasty if we put it on there for a while yeah. or, you know, or could it have been totally by accident that that happened even, sure. you know, um, was it by accident that uh, fire was discovered as, as a tool that would be invaluable um, or was that a technology that was given, right. You know, as, as uh, um, the human race or human or early man or whatever was being, uh, uh, genetically uh, uh, upgraded, you might say, or the engineered, DNA engineered, engineered, and they they needed this more of a technology for their where they uh, at the the level that they were being made into. I, I'm really stumbling with this, but no, I, I, or, I think I'm or going. as they uh, they were manipulated genetically did that give them more thought process to figure these things out? Yeah. You know, oh, sure, sure, sure. You know, whichever way it went, it's. Well, you know, one, you know, uh, one thing that's always interesting to me, you know, someone, I, I am an, I am an animal lover. I mean, I, I just am. And I, I still feel pangs of guilt for half the shit that I eat. <laughs> you know? I know. And it, and I know you do too, Mike. I mean, it's, yeah. it's no joke. Uh, I won't eat veal. But it's 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 a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> calves, that, calves are too cute. Well, yeah. Tell me about anyway. it. Anyway, um, 
But it is a fact, Mike, that our brains, we wouldn't be evolved to the point of feeling pangs of guilt if we hadn't come from thousands of years of consuming meat. Uh, you know, the proteins in everything that we gathered from eating meat for eons and eons helped develop our brains to where they are right. today. Sure. Um, we could be blathering slabs of goo if we, you know, still to this day, if we hadn't consumed meat. And so that's like, oh man, yeah. it's like we wouldn't be able to be here. I think if I ate less meat right now, I would be less of a <laughs> slobbery slab of goo. <laughs> I said blathering. I said blathering, blathering. slab of okay. glue. Yeah, slab yeah. of glue. Goo. <laughs> goo or glue, whatever, whichever one is fine. So. Yeah, whichever. <laughs> well, shit, Mike, um, we're up to 40 minutes. Do you need to take a time-traveling excursion uh, briefly, and we'll come back, and uh, shit, maybe we should just dive right into the zoo hypothesis. Sure, whatever you uh, wish to do. Well, my brain is still feeling pretty good right now, so I think we should dive into that before uh, we turn to mush ourselves and we start to de-evolutionize. So, yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. Let's, let's do Tea it. Tea doesn't go through me as fast as beer does, so. That's very good. That's very so I'm good. good. All right. Awesome. Well, we still need to take a break just for our brain. Sure we do. All right, hold on, boys and girls. Don't go anywhere. We shall be all right back. Okay, we are back after yet another successful time-traveling excursion. Before I forget, I want to give a shout-out to a listener, Mike, longtime loyal, awesome listener, Patrick Lee Marshall. Yes. Uh, awesome Patreon supporter, a patron pal of ours. Uh, he sent me some, just sent me some screenshots of some of the artwork that he wants because he is due some of those prints of uh, my artwork. That is a Patreon perk. If you sign up uh, for a $5 uh, Patreon monthly subscription, stick around for three months, you get your choice of any one of my artwork prints. And Patrick just sent me a bunch of shots of which ones he would like, and I'm, I will happily mail them out to you. So if you're listening right now, Patrick, sometime in the future, that print may have arrived already or it's in the mail mm. while you're listening. So I just want Very to give, good. I want to give him a big thanks, though, because he's, he's been an awesome listener. He's been around for yeah, years. And, quite uh, some time. Quite some time, and uh, hopefully you'll stick around for quite some time longer. Yeah, well, depends on us. Very much so. If we yeah. continue to be, Woo! you know. Yeah, that's the pressures on us, though, man, because it, it really is. <laughs> I mean, so, it well, is. On, on nights like tonight, I feel especially so because we are riffing off the top of our noggins and um, we're just kind of seeing where it goes. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank it you. It works. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the supportive uh, response there, Mike. I appreciate it. You're really instilling me with confidence right now. Well, um, you know, that's what I'm here for. Well, thank you. I appreciate that's, it. Yeah, that's like, I'm like your, I'm like Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carson. Well, no, uh, there for that. Okay. Uh, yeah, for, for that support, to basically doing, no, no, I'm not going to say anything. not going to say one thing. Oh, by the way, if you do sign up for Patreon, you can have the joy of listening to all of the long gone Nonsensicast radio episodes and yeah. all of these Soon to be long gone alternate route podcast episodes because they are slowly being removed from everywhere. The only place you can listen to them are on the Patreon page. And you can go back to 2013 and listen to me sound like a complete dolt 
It's fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody did at that time. And, yeah, Mike and Bridget and myself. Man, was I obnoxious. I sound like a, a freaking circus man just screaming, hey, hey, <laughs> come look at the, the whatever, you know. I'm just, no, no. Just, <laughs> I, I just didn't. I, yeah. was, I was loud. I didn't like listening to myself. But I mean, I love listening to myself because it's funny. And it's a funny, you know, fun trip down memory lane, but it makes you yeah, cringe. Right. It just makes you cringe. Yeah, well, there are probably episodes... They fairly still, recent they that do. we can do the same I thing. I knew that you were going to say that, and that <laughs> so I wanted to beat you to the punch. So yeah, right now I'm making people cringe. So again, thanks for the instillment of confidence, Mike. Hey, Ed, dear Johnny. Okay, whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, one more thing before we move on to the zoo hypothesis for our one last take segment, Mike. Uh, and this is related to uh, alien technology. Okay. Right. I am going to fly through this. I'm holding up my trusty, well, Bridget's trusty, Ancient Aliens official companion book. Love this book. And I'm perusing right to the very last, um, second to last chapter here. This is referring to the Saqqara bird, Mike. S-A-Q-Q-A-R-A. The Saqqara bird. Yes, they're good fried. Oh, my God. Deep, deep, deep fried. Anyway, go ahead. I pluck a lot of little feathers off of them, though it's kind of difficult. I thought you were going to say plethora again. There's a plethora <laughs> of plucking feathers. So, okay. Um, oh, no. That, in there, bones, a, they get a, stuck in your teeth. A plethora of plucked plumage. There we go. <laughs> yes. I'm hilarious tonight. Okay, and I read. I'm going to peruse this as fast as I can. And tell me if you, uh, stop me if you've heard any of this, Mike, and interject any time you want. Got it. So 20 miles south of Cairo and the Great Pyramids uh, stands a formidable step, the formidable step pyramid of King Djoser. It begins with a D. D-J-O-S-E-R. No, I, I think that was King Jaffe Jaffer. Was it Jaffe Jaffer? That's right. <laughs> Dang it. Huh. All right. <laughs> Sending off coming to son, America, yes, to sow his royal oats. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, in Egypt's oldest burial ground, Saqqara, known colloquially, oh, I hate that, I hate saying that word colloquially, <laughs> say that colloquially. one colloquially, colloquially, as the city of the dead. Though less ambitious in the scale than the pyramids of Giza, the step pyramid of Djoser, or a King Joffy Joffer, inspires its own magnificent reverence as the oldest of Egypt's 97 pyramids. Now, this is where we're going here, Mike. In mm. 1891, uh, among the other haunting echoes of time past, French okay, uh, French archaeologists unearthed the tomb of Padi Ayman, an official from the 3rd century B.C., and I apologize for butchering all these pronunciations. Um, among the various items in the tomb... Found in the tomb was a small wooden model of what appeared to be a bird. This is back in 1891. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Lying beside a papyrus bearing the inscription, I Papyrus. Want... Papy... <sighs> <laughs> bearing the inscription, I want to fly, says the guy who says tooken and botten. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Papyrus bearing the inscription "I want to fly." The artifact was then sent to Egyptian to the Egyptian Museum in Cairo, where curators placed it alongside several other bird figurines. 
Now, this model sat largely unnoticed until eight or until 1969. You know, that's a long time to just sit there. When Egyptologist Dr. Khalil Messiah, 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 M E S S I H A. I am not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now, <laughs> piss off. Um, Dr. Khalil. Messaha Messaha noticed that there was something very different about the Saqqara bird. At first glance, it appeared to resemble an idealized bird. Closer examination, however, revealed a strange oddity in its depiction of wings. Now, this is a quote. It says, it's interesting because on one hand, clearly it looks like a bird because, of, because it has eyes and it has a typical nose of a bird. On the other hand, the wings are clearly not wings. This is explained by Professor Ewe Apple. An aerospace engineer. Ewey. Ewey apple. Ewey apple. It sounds like a rotten apple. Ewey apple. Yes. <laughs> um, his associate. What I say when I see a worm in it. <laughs> now, uh, Professor Apple's associate, Dr. Algund Inboom. Uh, Inboom. <laughs> what are you laughing at these people's names for, Mike? You're so rude. You're laughing at the way you're, you're just, just running through all these crazy names that you can't pronounce in your but you're doing your best I'm so doing my best would you be able yeah. to do any better come on no dr elgin in the boom uh explains further at the middle of the rump you'll see the wing is a bit thicker in the region the lift is up at the highest the whole <laughs> thing becomes thinner to the end of the wings and those wings are modeled down and this is a very modern aerodynamic design now finally they suggest could ancient aliens have understood or even possessed the dynamics of flight 2,000 years before humankind invented the airplane. In 2006, aviation and aer aerodynamics expert Simon Sanderson, I nailed that one. That one was easy. Simon Sam Sanderson built a, sure <laughs> built a scale model of the Sakara bird, five times larger than the original, to test that possibility. And the results were astonishing. Sanderson's tests demonstrated that the only thing preventing the Sakara bird from achieving flight was the lack of a rear stabilizing rudder or elevator needed to maintain balance. Further examination of the Sakara bird revealed that just such a component might have become detached from the rear undercarriage of this exact figurine. So it suggested that there actually was a part of that model that wood carving mm -hmm. that had that was perhaps a rudder. Right. As Dr. Ian Boom clarifies, tests show the Sakara bird is a highly developed glider, and this is a design that we use today. Multiple scholars agree that at the time of its creation, it is likely the Sakara bird could indeed have flown. If so, how did the ancient Egyptians develop its design? Mike, holy cow, I'm sorry I had to fly right. through that as fast as I could, but there's a point to it. That's just one right. tiny little example. One. I remember seeing pictures of that. It's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a nice little, it's just a nice little wood carving. It looks right. just like a plane, but you can see that mm -hmm. it's, it's a it's a bird, but it looks like a damn plane. Right, exactly. So, Mike, this was discovered in 1891, uh, but it is at least 2,000 years old. Right. Perhaps handed down from alien intelligence. So this is how aerodynamics work, uh, boys and girls. And we'll show you this little tiny figure as an example so you guys can go from there. I don't know. Or maybe they left sketches. Maybe the Egyptians were witnesses of flying aircraft. Um, and they were carving their own little um, relics of, of it. it. Yeah, depictions of yeah. it. So I don't know. I, I, I assume that you are open to that suggestion, Mike. Sure, absolutely. Oh, really? That's all you're going to add to it? 
Well, why not? I mean, it, it is what it is. You're on fire tonight. I feel like I just wasted <laughs> everyone's time for the last 10 minutes. Well, you know, they uh, if they have carved this or built this little model of a bird that is most likely their depiction of of what they saw, say they saw a, a flying vehicle and they're going to make it look like a bird because that's how their minds would have interpreted at that time. Right. You know, something that's flying up in the air, it's going to, they're going to put characteristics of a bird on this model or this carving that they did. Because they've seen thousands of birds flying. And so, I mean, that's how they understood flight. So Mm -hmm. again, just one tiny little example. All right, Mike, let's do a smooth segue. Okay. Smooth Smooth. segue. There it is. We, We did a smooth segue. Zoo hypothesis. I fired this idea to you earlier tonight, Mike, and it's something yeah. that you said that you were actually kind of familiar with. Not like you sure. had done deep studies on it. No, but... I haven't. So, but... re- relate that tale you told me about the um, comparison to the old Star Trek idea that you thought was similar to this zoo hypothesis. Sure, it's like the prime directive that uh, you know you go to uh, an alien planet and you cannot interact with them to the point of giving them any kind of a technology that would be something that they did not come up with themselves. Um, there have been episodes where that's happened, where the Klingons have done that with uh, this, this species, and it just turned out really bad. War. <laughs> War. They're Pestilence. Bad. Things are bad. Yeah. So... Well, the zoo hypothesis as such speculates on the assumed behavior and existence of technologically advanced extraterrestrial life and the reasons they refrain from contacting Earth. The the hypothesis states that alien life intentionally avoids communication with Earth to allow for natural evolution and social cultural development and avoiding interplanetary contamination, similar to people observing animals at a zoo. Mm-hmm. So you go to a zoo and you're like, "Yep, don't play with the animals. Don't yeah. they, you know? Don't point at them. You'll have monkeys throw poop at you and all that stuff." <laughs> and then before you know it, they're going to be going to be using a, a an Apple computer. <laughs> yeah, right. Now. Proponents of the zoo hypothesis, Mike, proponents of it, they throw through this out there, they conjured it up as an explanation as to why there isn't any evident proof of alien interaction on Earth with us. I mean, that's the whole, everything's connected in this episode here, Mike. We're trying to keep it all connected somehow or mm-hmm. some way. But the zoo hypothesis was um, essentially an explanation, a possible explanation as to why we haven't had any alien, or at least proof of alien interactions it's because they're staying away from us for a reason now do you buy into that idea well it's a great theory and something that maybe should be done but we've already proven well or talked about it in our earlier in our uh in this episode that there's been too many times of alien uh interaction that would say that that is not being done Mm-hmm. you know like uh, uh yeah, like the eisenhower and the uh um alien connection of uh 
sure. or whoever it was, you know, <laughs> or whoever tra- it was. <laughs> tra- trading technology for the uh, um, being able to abduct humans. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that blows that out of the water right there. If that's true, mm-hmm. you know, we are getting. Can how I many ask you something real quick, there? Mike? I'm sorry, Mike. I, Go ahead. I need to throw this out to you. Put Go yourselves ahead. in the shoes of Eisenhower. Let's say you were the president right now in the 1950s, okay? The most powerful man in, in the world, literally at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, at least a figurehead. Uh, but he definitely, you know, Eisenhower was one of the last um, globally respected figures. Sure. You know, ever, I would say. Um, that's just my stupid opinion. Put yourself in his shoes. And if this was a legit happening... Would you be able to do that, Mike? Would you be able to sign off? You personally, would you be able to sign off on this agreement and say, yes, I will take this, these advancements in technology, and yes, I will, allow to, I will allow you to traumatize and horrify, possibly um, violate and harm thousands of humans a year in exchange for this technology? For the betterment, would, the betterment, supposed betterment of civilization. Would you be able to do that? I would like to say that, no, I wouldn't be able to do that. But I suppose he was thinking of, you know, the sacrificing the few for the many or, you right. know. Yep. Um, but, you know, those are things you have to think about in that type of a um, position and with that kind of power. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, what would a person do that to get technology that. Uh, very likely nobody else in the world has. You know, your enemies w- don't have it, and you have a chance to uh, have this technology that could better our country or even weaponry to, uh, you know. Are you trying to talk yourself into it, Mike? Are you trying to say No, I'm not. Would? I'm not trying to talk <laughs> myself into it. No, really, I'm not. It's just... Uh, so, but you, you know, you right just now, luckily, I wasn't in that position to have to make that sure. decision. Okay. Well, that's kind of what the hypotheticals and all are all about, Mike. And you have to make a decision. As of right now, I think I personally don't think you would be able to. But that's just I don't think so. that's just my assumption of you. Yeah. If you're putting, you know, any number of people, well, and it's that is a large number of people. Well, know, rel- small compared you know, to the entire country, but still is. a large number of people that. I would not want to be, um, you know, giving the okay to traumatize or, or uh, change their lives in a very negative way or how many did not survive even. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's all relative because it's, it's, it's on the scale of world population. The amount that are being abducted is very minuscule, but it's still a high number compared to just everyone. When you think of them, they're all individuals. They're all people right. who have families yep. and you know, they're all humans for God's sake. And yep. so ugh. if you're standing on one side of a line and then there's say there's a thousand people on the other side of the line and you're looking right at them, mm-hmm. are you going to be able to say, okay, within this next year, yeah. every one of you are going to be abducted by alien creatures and they're going to do extreme things to you that you will not even imagine and i am the one that said okay it's going to be done exactly nope (laughs) yeah and i'm going to go play golf yeah yeah right (laughs) oh something to ponder definitely so thank you for your honesty mike now there is a variant on the zoo hypothesis 
And this was a variant that was suggested by MIT Haystack Observatory scientist John Allen Ball. And his variant of the zoo hypothesis is the laboratory hypothesis, where it suggests that mm-hmm. humanity is being subjected to experiments with Earth essentially being a giant laboratory. Mm-hmm. As an example, aliens might choose to allow contact once the human species has passed certain technological, political, or ethical standards. They might mm-hmm. withhold contact until humans force contact upon them, possibly by sending a spacecraft to planets they inhabit. So, I don't know. That's a kind of a tough one to wrap your head around as well. The Earth has one big giant experimental lab, Mike. Sure. Well, the Earth is minuscule to uh, some of these alien species. Oh, sure. I'm sure. sure. You know, it's like uh, we're like a petri dish. But the idea, the idea of all of us right now being part of a big mass experiment. Do you feel? I mean, what do you feel about that? I mean, what's what's your gut reaction that? Well, we're sure all take be, a lot of meaning of us, out of. All of us right now are parts. All of us right now are just um, the results of a laboratory experiment. All of our families, all of our feelings, all of our our love, all of our pets, everything that we've done is just because of of a higher hand uh, manipulating our lives. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's crazy. But yeah. I don't like that. I don't don't (laughs) like the idea of that being a huge possibility. And I don't. Uh, I think I think there is that's going on to a certain extent. Um, like like uh, like they have created us maybe for this purpose of experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it comes down to why if they are if they did create us and if they did have manipulated us into what we are now, why did they do that? Is it for uh, scientific study to see? you know, what works and what isn't going to work. Um, you know, uh, it's well, mm. now there's another way of looking at this, Mike, and I can see, okay. um, and, and that is, it's another part, another part of the hypothesis that was suggested by Mr. Ball here. And he says that although these experiments might be considered morbid or grotesque, but the same experiments are done on an altruistic level, meaning that they are done for essentially the betterment and the happiness mm-hmm. and the continuance of the human race. And it's, it's designed, I'm reading this now, designed to accelerate the pace of civilization to overcome a tendency for intelligent life to destroy itself. Right. So what may seem morbid mm. and grotesque they're doing actually, it for the success of the species, yeah, right? The continuation. Yep. It's like one story that I read about an uh, an abductee when he was uh, being experimented on. He had said to the uh, the alien that was doing this um, to him that you ha- you don't have the right to do this to us. You don't. Mm-hmm. And the alien said, "We have every right to do this to you." Wow. Now, why would he say that? Wow. You know, because we are the hands of creation right now, basically. Yeah. That's what they're saying. It's like we have every right. So, if you... that's a true story to where his the answer to him saying that was the response to it was, 
we have every right to be doing this. Uh, man, it's such a giant rabbit hole to go down. Mike. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, if you if you aren't what popped in my brain right now is a fantastic television show that if you haven't watched, Mike, I think I highly suggest it. Westworld. I think you would absolutely mm-hmm. love Westworld. It's essentially it's about AI and it's about sure AI. Um, I mean, we created it, but where do we stop? And what it comes, it's essentially kind of the same idea of of well, not the same idea, but it's similar that this AI evolves so much after thousands and thousands and thousands of recycles, you know, that finally breaks through and starts to evolve on its own without the help of us becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, self-sustaining on its own part. Yep. Self-aware and everything. Self-aware. And it's like, what you have been unbelievably cruel to me for Mm -hmm. my thousands of existence. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to wrap your brain on, but once you, brain around but once you get it it's fascinating mm. um i highly recommend it mike i know i know you'd like it yeah i i know there's so many shows that i need to watch i you know i don't i've been i've come to the conclusion to myself that i am i am not gonna watch the new series bobby feet <laughs> okay well that's good i'm glad that you're 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 cutting the line yeah. somewhere you're drawing the line yeah. i should say bobby feet i won't watch now there is boba fett maybe oh, i don't know but shush up you know, just shush up anyway. with the Baba feet and the Boba Fett and the Bubba's <laughs> and all that stuff. Because I, I, I've given up on you. If you haven't watched the book of Boba Fett yet, I don't, I'm, yeah. I've given up on you. So Hey, I, I eventually got into the Mandalorian and, and guess loved what? it. And you loved it. I'm telling you, Mike, you're going to love yeah. the book of Baba feet, as you said. Bobby um, feet. Bobby feet, sorry. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'm not even going to get going on it. All I, all I can say is if you haven't watched the trailer for the Obi-Wan series that's coming out yeah. now, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, is Dark Maul in any of these? Yes, Dark Maul is. No. <laughs> as far as we know, he's not in it. The timeline is lining up where he could be. The timeline okay. suggests that he could be there. But yeah, you don't want him to get lost in a Dark Maul, that's for sure. No. Obi-Wan just wandering aimlessly with the lights out in the Mall of America. Yeah, wonderful. Now there is criticism, <laughs> criticism of the zoo hypothesis, Mike, and we you kind yes, of, of you kind of touched on that briefly way back at the beginning of the episode by saying that um, as far as criticism goes, the the hypothesis suggests that only one single dissident group in an alien mm-hmm. alien civilization, or alternatively, the existence of a galactic cliques of galactic right. cliques instead of one unified galactic club would be enough to break the pact of no contact. Like you said, Mike, all it would take is just one, one yep. of an, however many, an infinite amount of alien species out there to make contact. And then the whole thing is thrown out the window. Yep. Just by one species that uh, doesn't follow along. Right. So, I mean, yep. I mean, that's a pretty simple criticism, but it fairly, uh, it's straightforward and it's, I, to mm-hmm. me, it's dead on. I mean, it's, and that species that talked to Eisenhower uh, could be that species that made it just well, obsolete. <laughs> obsolete. So it, it it's a it's it's a fascinating idea, Mike. Now let's mm-hmm. let's put your opinionated caps on, and we'll wrap up one last take. We'll wrap up the show, this episode. Right. Okay, Mike. It's time for yay or nay. And if you have some reasoning behind it, feel free to throw it out there. But okay, I'm throwing it to you. Mm-hmm. Mike Carbno, co-host with the Ghost, Paranormal Poster Boy himself. 
Zoo hypothesis, yay, nay, and why? I think it is, it's got to be, it's got to be a nay from me. No kidding. Mike no Riley kidding. says a nay. Well, there's, there's too much that will make it not work. There's too many yeah. uh, uh, documented, well, supposedly documented cases of, uh, uh, that have happened or supposedly has happened that would just throw it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right. not saying it's a bad idea, you know, but it, it's just, it's already been flushed down the toilet as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, even, you know, the Sakara bird that I just mentioned, you know, 10 minutes ago, whatever, you know, the, the example, um, that's just one of how many hundreds. You know? Right. Exactly. And I mean, I, I, I we're, we don't mean to be so brief and blunt about this, but I'm with you on that one, Mike. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. I like the idea. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I, let me rephrase it. I don't like it, but I appreciate it. Yeah, as, right. That's a good way to put it. As, right. You know, being a legit possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's too much out there, Mike. There's been too much yep. already. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I cannot give it a yay. I give it a big time nay. As much as I appreciate yep. the idea, it's a nay for me as well. So, yep. um, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty simple decisions for us right there. But uh, yeah, we don't take them lightly. I don't think. No, absolutely. You know, speaking of aliens and alien supposed supposed alien contact and sightings, you know the Phoenix, Arizona lights, Mike. That phenomenon. The Phoenix lights, yes. Phoenix lights. Um, I did not know. This is according to him himself. But supposedly the actor, Kurt Russell, was the one who first reported the lights. Really? Because he was up in the air in his private plane flying his daughter around for some reason. I can't remember why. And he spotted (laughs) them and called them in. That's what he claims. I did not know that. I did not know that. That's kind Hmm. of bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. And I also learned today, because I was reading stuff about celebrity alien sightings, that Shaquille O'Neal claims to have seen <laughs> a flying saucer not only above him flying, but also getting so close to the point that it was landing, damn near landing, and he saw the cylindrical body of the of mm-hmm. the craft spinning so much so that he and his girlfriend and their uh, they were double on a double date. He and his friends were on really? a double date, and they all saw this craft, and they all and looked at each other and spinning. And they all yes. said, that's a damn UFO. So Yep. And then it was spinning and Michael Jordan's finger was right underneath well, it. I and was... it was balanced on there, <laughs> spinning. I was going to say that Shaquille is just playing a trick on his friends because he's gigantic. <laughs> and he's like, hey, look yeah. up here. And he's spinning it on his finger, you know, hiding behind a tree or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. It's kind of that's kind of crazy. Lots of celebrity uh, UFO sightings. Even oh, pres- absolutely. Even presidents. Um, Jimmy Carter saw, said yep. he saw a damn UFO. Yeah. Um, there's celebrities that that haven't even come forward. I'm sure. I mean, they're they're. I've read of diplomats of 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 countries that have had extreme close encounters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's out there. It's real. It's they've always been here. Yeah. Yeah. And are they <sighs> are some of them not coming forth for a reason? Like you said. Mike. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, let's. Th- this has been pretty short and sweet. 
it's it's about an hour and ten minutes. I think that's a good good length for a good solid episode, Mike. Um, sure. Any final words? Any final thoughts on this beautiful Saturday night? That is March twelfth, by the way, twenty twenty two. I hope everyone's yeah. having a good, a good March twelfth. By the way, don't forget to set yeah. your clocks ahead. That's right. I was so, going to mention that you know it's uh, people. A lot of people will be listening to this after. Right. So don't set them ahead Sunday. again. Because then you'll or, screw yeah. Everything so <laughs> yeah, it's Saturday night before you go to bed. Saturday night, make sure that you set them ahead so yeah. you lose that hour of sleep in the morning. You know, and Mike, just by him saying Saturday night, that reminded me of we have another awesome idea for our Patreon specials lined up. Um, yes. Next, next week, we're doing part two of our um, ghost adventures, ghost hunters commentary and breakdown where we uh, focus on one episode of either of those awesome television shows, those pioneers, those groundbreaking uh, paranormal programs. And we have a great time. We had we did our first one last week, or no, week and a half ago, where we talked about uh, episode five of season one of the of Ghost Hunters at their Eastern State Penitentiary investigation. The famous, the infamous uh, episode, and we had a yeah. great time. And we're going to cover a Ghost Adventures episode next. But we also decided that we are going to have a special Patreon episode where we talk about all things, believe it or not, Saturday Night Live. That's going to yes, be so much Yes, the history, fun. the beginning, the middle, the not having uh, an gonna, ending yet. Not yet. It's just, <laughs> we casually, uh, during our um, time-traveling excursions, we brought it up, and we're both just huge fans. I mean, I've, I've been watching it since as long as I can remember. Mike has vivid memories of it first coming out back in 1975 oh, I remember season one episode one yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun so I'm looking forward to that one Mike that was that was Mike's idea by the way everybody so mark that down Mike came up with an idea and it was great so I was very I was, I'm, yeah I'm proud of you yeah me too it uh, <laughs> my mind doesn't always work that well to do that gotcha. now so. did, did I interrupt you when I said your final thoughts or did you give your final thoughts? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, Mike, your final. My thoughts. mind doesn't work that way. No, I you don't did. Remember. You did. I think you did. You said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's obvious to you that aliens have been interacting with us since the dawn of time. So yeah, I, in my opinion, they were here before before we were. Yeah, interacting doesn't give it enough yep. strength. Then it's uh, they are responsible. Oh, sure. They are responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not ready to say that they are my God. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I do believe that I know there's a God, like I said, and mm -hmm. I just do not know what it is. Sure. It's not a he, a she. It's it's uh, it's omnipotent it and is. above all, whatever it yeah. may be. It's indescribable. Energy, I don't know. You know, it's yeah. can we just say that's indescribable, that it's beyond. Uh, yeah, human, absolutely. It's beyond it's human beyond description. Our, it is. It's beyond our understanding and, and definition, yes. Well, Mike, uh, thanks again, buddy. I, I appreciate you making time. We had a great podcasting weekend. Again, go check out our mm -hmm. interview with uh, Bryce Johnson and Ronnie LeBlanc yeah. from uh, Expedition Bigfoot. Make sure to check. And, and the, uh, if, sorry, and if you haven't, check out the show. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I hate yeah, to yeah. admit it. I hate to admit it, that, but I have not seen the show but after this interview i am i i'm already hooked and i haven't even seen it yet and there there's so much more that they were talking about that's that's coming um some great surprises and yeah. uh, it's gonna be awesome i highly suggest yeah no um season premiere 
March 20th. Uh, don't miss yep. it. Uh, Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Two great guys. Again, you can yep. watch the video episode of our chat on our Patreon page. Yeah, we are thankful to them, and we are also, as always, thankful to the Travel Channel that we have. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Been getting closer, <laughs> no doubt, no with doubt, with all the time. Actually, this last uh, interview that we did with with uh, with them from uh, Expedition Bigfoot, we actually had. Uh, is she a representative, a producer? She's she's done this a couple of times where she's actually yeah she's, sat in on she the sits in on, on the, the episode on the interviews to, uh, yeah just to make sure that we we don't ask them anything too outrageous or uh, yeah <laughs> maybe they're making sure that we're worthy and obviously we are because they they are working with us extremely well now I appreciate it so much uh, yes yeah. we love the Travel Channel uh, Samantha Belit uh, Sam- Samantha Belusia Belucia and Ellie Kellner Kelsner are the two that I have been interacting with the most. Yes. And I big we thank time, them thanks. extremely. Yeah. So um, thank you so much. And we will continue to be in touch, but Mike, again, thank you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you have a I'll good stop. night. Yes. I will get the episode Absolutely. out. Thank you very much, everybody for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this episode of the paranomaly zone. We certainly enjoyed yes. getting it out to you until next time, boys and girls, Mike, what do they all have to do? Well, after I go uh, and eat cake after this episode, which I'm going to do, I want every one of you to just peace out.